Hello, welcome to, um, sorry I keep forgetting the, the name of the show, obviously, which is Podcast, Movies, and Books, okay, okay, no, I mean, <laughs> Podcast, Music, and, bo- and Books, oh my, in case you have not, in case you've just recently found the show, first of all, welcome, you've obviously, anyone who's been keeping up with the show, You've obviously noticed that I've added some new artwork to the screen, to the uh, thumbnail. I told you I'd be updating that, although I will say, from a technical standpoint, trying to upload it was a lot more hard work, it was a lot more work than was than was worth. <sighs> it was such a nuisance. What I normally do is I use the, the scanner with a Wi-Fi thing. It used to work, but I haven't used it in so many years, it doesn't seem to be working properly. But anyways, that's not what I'm here to talk about today. <coughs> you know, actually, as I've been doing this show, I, a nice compliment I got was from someone saying that I sound like a radio show host. I gotta assume more like those people who just, you know, talk about this and that, which is what my main influence is. I remember, list, lit, in fact, I'm, oh, those good old days. Oldies 96.3, good times, great oldies. Oh, 1998. Uh, oldies, you were a great show before you became the fish. I don't know why you're called the fish. There seems to be several fish stations around here. But anyways, oh yeah, that's a, might as well talk about that. That's the thing I've noticed about some of these stations. There's the fish, the rock, the buzz. <laughs> that's a one of fun nine, the rock. And that's Nashville, and there's, uh, oh, the buzz, um, 10.7, I think? I know it's the buzz. I think that's that Bob and Tom in the morning. <laughs> Bob and Tom, pretty good show. And, uh, oh, the one I used to listen to growing up, Bob, I'm Boy and Billy and the Big Show. Sulu <laughs> and Sean Connery. Oh, that was silly stuff. But that's what I grew up listening to. And that's my main influence for the show. Just talk, just doing what radio shows show hosts used to do. But, I wonder. Actually, as I think about it, there's there's this big debate about robots replacing people. I can't imagine they'd be able to place things like this. I mean, there's a whole idea about, you know, oh, the robots are going to take over. They're going to take our jobs. I mean, not really. The way I see it, it's just taking over jobs that have need minimal human inter- interaction. I can't imagine them ta- them replacing ner- people like nurses and doctors. Those need human interactions. A robot cannot feel sympathy. You try to get, you try to get a robot to go, hello, how are you feeling today, John? Oh, you need a chiropractor, <laughs> or something like that. <sighs> but I can't imagine people having stuff like that replaced. I mean, you can't, you can't have a, a a robo psychiatrist tell you you can't tell your feelings to that. That just sounds so not just boring but depressing. But anyways, in the, in the case of entertainment, even with those whole hologram things that people have been doing, I can't imagine those being the same thing as if the person was there. <laughs> like, that's like if they was to suddenly use these things and they place, and they try to do kiss. 
and anyone who knows Kiss is the shock band from the 90s where they used to they had the demon the cat man the uh, the star child space ace that was great stuff when I was young oh seeing that seeing Gene, Gene Simmons putting his tongue around with the fake blood coming in his mouth oh that was awesome and to see him fly over you can't re- replicate that you need a human being to do that I mean, people are trying, but as far as I can tell, it's kind of uncanny. I mean, the closest ones that can really do it pretty well is the gorillas. They're the only ones that I really can do it because they are legitimately not real. Under certain circumstances, if you can get it right, you can make it look like they are there, but they're obviously not. They can do better holograms than you can with a human being. Because they're already cartoons anyways. But again... You can't necessarily get machines to create real passion when it comes to art. You can probably somehow find some way to get a robot to somehow copy the Sixteen Chapel, but you can't get the same feeling from the artwork. I mean, you can't. You. I mean. I mean. I'm sure a robot could somehow take the one billion combination of music but they can't get the soul out of it but I guess somehow at some point some humans might be may not, may not be able to reach that but again when it comes to radio, radio you can't replace them with humans oh, wait a minute scratch that reverse it you can't replace humans with robots the, the whole idea is stupid and it wouldn't feel the same unless you somehow get a really good AI who has its own emotions. Because that's also the problem. Once they have emotions, there's no way to profit off of them. At least that's the way I see it. Because most of these people who are doing these things use, are using these mostly to make a profit, not make art. They want to make money, which I don't blame them, but at the same time... If you try to make it just for the sake of profit, it's not really that good. It's, there's no feeling, no soul. I compare it to Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd has emotions. Just listening to their song High Hopes has such pure sound and interesting ambiance. You can't get that from a profit. I mean, you can make, make a profit off the song, but that's not what, how that works. It doesn't feel organic or natural if you try to calculate it. That's not how that works. When, a per, when an artist makes something, they make it from their soul. Or sometimes from their wallet because they have to make a little extra cash. But still, it comes from their mind, their, their heart. Not from their wallet half the time. But also, it also makes sense why people like Bill Watterson and uh, Prince had such tight grip on their music. Which, again, I don't blame them. As convenient as it is that I can just go online and type in a few things and buy a few songs. It is not the same as, you know, going to a store hundreds of miles away just to get an album. <sighs> I mean, there is that whole idea there. Of course, this is a little different. But it makes me think of the whole thing 
about how because this is what the net neutrality was supposed to prevent. It was supposed to make things equal and make it sure without like some sort of subscription. But as I look at it, I think the whole thing was going to be inevitable. The fact that all these companies are pretty much making their own services for their own own for their own studios, I should say, I guess, because that's inevitable. I mean, the way I see it, it's better to have it all spread out so hopefully, I'm saying hopefully, hopefully can make it cheaper with all the competition. Because, you know, if one, one, one place does it better than the other, you go to that one and spend your m- money more there and hopefully that enforces the other to make better products. But at the same time, obviously, it's inconvenient because not only not everything's not on Netflix anymore, it's everywhere now. But then that's just, you know, just... Just like the, just like anything in the market, you gotta pay with your wall. You gotta, shall we say, rate with your wallet. If you're willing to spend that type of money for that type of service, you're gonna pay with your wallet. So I think, I think if this is what people were, were worried about, I understand. At the same time, that's gonna, that was gonna happen eventually. That whole thing that people thought about about being pretty much like a paywall. I mean, when I think of a paywall, I would think it's more of like if somehow, some, for some reason, they they make it cost even more to just get internet. I mean, internet for the most part, as long as you pay for the subscription, for the for the service is quote unquote free. And I mean, in, in the case like you just go online, search through Google, and boom, you're there. That that's free. Not the service itself, obviously. But they made it sound like that you go on this thing, you pay for your service, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, you need to pay some money to get on this thing. Oh, that's going to cost you 20 extra dollars. I'm thinking, no, that's not how that works. That's not how the internet works. And that's not a smart business practice. Why? And if they're worried about throttling, that is a concern, yes. But at the same time, that's not happening. It's just unfortunate that now that we have, that they have, for the most part, it's all competition, there's more stuff. Yeah, that's the, that's always the problem. Too much stuff. Even with my shows I listen to, there's too much stuff. I think that's the real problem that people are having with this whole seemingly paywall thing that people are talking about with all these services. Too much stuff. Too much stuff. That's the real issue. We liked it when it was just Netflix. But that's not how that works. Once one service realized they have a good thing going on and try to do it for a long time, other people will be like, oh, I like that idea. Let us try that. That sounds like anything. As I think about it, that just sounds like any service. Like when someone was probably make the, make, made a, made the, the first, um, well, maybe one of the early cars back in the day. They're like, we have this car here. We like to make it. And all of a sudden, someone's like, hey, we can make a car. Let's us try it. In fact, that makes you think of makes you think of what Elon Musk did. I heard Elon Musk when he started making those electric cars. He gave the stuff out for everybody to use, so they hopefully will make things go faster. As far as you know, progress is concerned, innovation and all that. That that breeds competition, in my opinion. So, yeah, that sounds like a good thing to me. It's inconvenient, yes, 
you have to pay an extra set of hundreds of dollars just to have a service. Now, as far as, you know, AT&T and Comcast is concerned, that's a totally different problem altogether. If we're worried about when it comes to the services and the internet itself, we unfortunately, at least I hear, we have very short competition. And we only have two in the business. I mean, I'm sure there's others, but the only ones I can think of is AT&T and Comcast. There's no other out there who's able to compete with these two. As far as I know, anyone who does, they just buy them out. At least that's what I I hear. It's... It's odd. But again, there's no way any any of this proves that robots can replace entertainment. They can't. Robots... In case you haven't noticed, are 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 only able to do minimalist t- t- uh, task. What it's the only it's one of the reasons why people use them for things like machinery and building things and certain other tasks and want to use them for carrying stuff from one place to another. They don't normally use them for complicated tasks. I mean, yes, they could probably do complicated. It, could, uh, maybe not geometry or geometry or something. Just complicated stuff. At the same time, they can only do so much. I mean, a human can do a lot more. Well, of course, at the same time, a human has flaws too. They can't set that remote task like a machine. Of course, they also can't. They, they get tired. Like you don't. They pretty much get more tired than a machine. Of course, once you take good care of a machine, they can last a very long time. But even they need breaks. Over, overload that, overload that server, and it's gonna shut down. But it can't replace a human. Trying to do that whole thing with with a uh, fifty cent, trying to do an turn into a hologram, that's just not the same thing. If I want, if I want to see fifty cent, I want to see fifty cent. Of course, he's dead, so that's not happening. But if I want to see the gorillas, I want to see the gorillas. And I expect them to be a cartoon. They have a much better way of being animated than a human does. <sighs> and there's also Miku. Miku Hana's... I think... I know she's a Vocaloid, but she's turned into a pop icon in Japan. She's the same thing. She's a cartoon. She has the ability to be able to be on stage as a cartoon and as a hologram but again that might be just a different type of culture in general let's see I mean I just can't imagine there's going to be a point that for some reason suddenly talk show hosts get replaced by robots I can't imagine that happening though in some cases no nah, I wouldn't say that that's being too mean I'm just mostly thinking of those days when I used to grow up listening to talk shows and thinking, Ugh, your dad jokes. Oh, your puns. Please stop. Oh, that joke is so 1990. <laughs> I'm just thinking of, uh, as I look at John Boy and Billy, and thinking, oh, your jokes are so 1990. <laughs> and thinking of Bob Rivers, who I did get to listen to a bit. I wish I could still listen to Dr. Demento, though. I got to send... I, got, I once sent a tape to him. I don't know if he ever played it. 
And I got a pic, a pic, a so autographed picture from him after I sent the tape. Oh, that was cool. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I just, I just really don't think there's any chance of humans really being replaced by anything. I mean, humans, you get the right type of human, they can be pretty fascinating. I mean, just listen to different interviews. I mean, that, that you get fascinated. I mean, look at Robin Williams, the Jackson family, the Osmonds. You can get a lot of interesting people out there. There's no way those a robot can replace that identity. Even talk show host, even talk show host, like Larry King, though he is a more serious tone that I like when it comes to talk talk shows. <sighs> yeah, but like I, like I said, people worried about robots replacing. They can't replace complicated stuff. You may think, what's well, so complicated about entertaining? Well, depending on what your audience is, you mess up, they're gonna turn on you and oh, like it, turn over, turn, 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 turn your. <laughs> they're gonna, they're gonna go against you in an instant. <laughs> <coughs> But anyways, I mean, I just don't see how long, how much, how much these people are going to try and see how they can milk this and market it as as best they can. They're probably going to try, but I can't imagine it's going to last very long most times. Eventually, and also, just a little side note, I find the whole thing with them. America's Got Talent, all those stupid talent shows, to be very, very artificial. Because that's not how things work. Also, I personally feel, as far as America's Got Talent's concerned, that not a lot of those people go to make big hits. People might say, well, it's going to Vegas, that's pretty big. Not to me. When I think of big hits, I think of people like Cher, Michael Jackson, and the Rolling Stone. I don't think of some guy who, or even even case of comedy, Richard Pryor, Louis Black, um, De- De- Dennis Leary, and uh, George Carlin. I don't normally think of a person who just spends their t- time in Vegas, as I'm sure as spectacular as a place it is for entertainment. That doesn't seem like much of a big hit, because I would argue that not many people will know you. At least I don't think so, unless they're busy going on tour and I just never hear about it. Like Mitch Hed, not Mitch Hedberg, he passed away. Uh, Brian Regan, Brian Regan, he doesn't do, he, he's not known much, but I've seen him do a few specials. He really does specials though, but he's doing stand-up a lot. And then there's Josh Blue, who is a pretty funny comedian. He has a terrible palsy. He jokes about it, but. I just can't, and it, I just don't see how you can be big and just be doing it in one place. I mean, I'm sure you make a lot of money, but it seems like you you didn't feel like you hit it big, in my opinion. I would think you'd have to tour like crazy and go all over the place. Of course, obviously, there's their chance to hit it big, but I still think they should do more. But even, but in the case of these these talent shows, anyways. It feels like they just, it's just not real. 
Unfortunately, I'm thinking of the episode of Tick of the first season of Black Mirror, where that one guy was trying to figure out whether anything he was feeling was real. For anyone who's seen the set the first season, I think the third episode, you know what I'm talking about. I can't watch Black Mirror. It's too terrifying. Although I hear it's not doing too well. The I mean, it's doing pretty good, but I hear it's not doing as good as it should these days. Because it's trying to be like the Twilight Zone. Speaking of which, Twilight Zone is trying to come back. But that's besides the point. There's an old radio show. <sighs> that is a piece of history. But anyways. I mean, if, 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 if people really think that robots can replace entertainment, how? Well, there's the question. How can they? If they really want to make this so artificial, why are they just just throw robots all together? Throwing robots, just have robot, just replace Conan, uh, Larry King. Um, there was a lady recently just got a talk show host. She's a African American, I think African American lady. I think, well, whatever. I don't really keep up with talk shows, but anyways, you just replace them with robots. See how long that lasts. See how. Yeah, make them all turn into Max Headroom. <laughs> but anyways, I don't imagine that idea to actually work because you have to have a particular type of audience. You have to work your craft. You have to go from day, day to day, tour to tour, whether you're doing comedy or singing. You have to figure out what works for you and works for your audience. I can't imagine a robot to be able to do that properly or successfully. So I'm sure as much as some people, some businessmen, or some, uh, not caseworker, stock market guy, I guess, as much as they would like that to work, that's not how that works. Some things flop, some things do good. That's how entertainment works. Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. But sometimes the bad is better than the good. <laughs> I think I say that because such a demento usually finds a lot of bad. Even if it's funny. <laughs> but, yeah. That's, that's my two cents on the whole thing. I do miss listening to old radio shows. Listen to those people talk. In fact, it just makes me think of this... Uh, this station my dad listens to on Sirius FM called um, uh, Little Stevens Underground, where he talks about m- m- history and music and stuff. Like, I was about, this is the music that this did, this did, 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 and they did the cover with here to do, you know, stuff like that. Little Stevens Underground. It's very fascinating, and that's the thing you just don't see, see these days. At least I don't think so. Of course, I haven't been able to listen to normal radio. For, for a while. <sighs> I'm missing it all. <sighs> I went a little longer than expected. <laughs> well, that's enough for t- for today. Well, maybe next time I'll actually talk about some books and podcasts next time. But we'll see. actually, maybe next time I'll actually talk about uh, audio. Uh, oh yeah, talk about audio dramas with, with found footage. I might have already talked about that, but we'll talk about it next time.